0: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller.
1: Hello, everyone. Jeffrey Tiefertiller back with us another Service Management Leadership Podcast. We are pleased to have Rory Canavan, founder, founding consultant of Sam Charter, a great site for you, sir, software asset management folk. Go check it out. Rory, how are you?
0: i'm great thanks jeffrey thanks again for having me back it's uh, it's really great to see you
1: and so R- rory uh was only around for part one of the global ITAM summit so i was like rory come back you can you know <laughs> we'll we'll catch up on uh, another one all right so you've been in the software asset management world let's call it sam world for a long time some of us you know it's in gray hair some of it's in you know wrinkles on the face and some of it strikes on our back so how'd you get started down this path of Sam? So um, I, I,
0: I'm, I, I'm not looking to get people to start crying or anything, but I, I wasn't in a particularly good place professionally um, around sort of 2006. I just um, finished a sales job that ended disastrously for me. Um, and I was doing that thing of, of basically throwing my CV at every given uh, vacancy going. And and one of them eventually and took it was with an organization that I, I, I don't think really exists anymore called the Federation Against Software Theft. And they needed um, an account manager to um, guide various organizations that joined fast to run through a program of. And I think initially they called it license compliance. And then the, it was just around the time when the term Sam was really taking hold. So they called it license compliance and Sam. Um and, and that's how it really started then at that point. Um, and it, it just made a lot of sense to me um, doing things right. So I, I stuck at it and I found out that I actually I really enjoyed it.
1: It's interesting because SAM is one of those areas where us IT folks really have to see it through a business lens. You know, I mean, these are business problems. These are how do we save money? How do we stay compliant? Business problems, not functionality or innovation or things of that nature is that your take on it as well um predominantly
0: yes i mean there's there's always that sort of technical element where you have to scope out the it estate and abide by um the the lay of the land as it were so if you you know if if you do want to audit ibm then you have to have ilmt pretty much you know that's going to give you your sub capacity licensing Um, but there is as you say if you start to abstract that sort of SAM conversation and take it higher up the food chain in an organization, and you're then all of a sudden in the lofty areas of the C-suite, there's no point about in talking in acronyms like IBM, ILMT, subcapacity licensing, all those acronyms and terms will mean nothing to those kind of folks. They'll be more interested in terms such as total cost of ownership, return on investment, competitive advantage, compliance, risk. So um, you have to sort of Took away the geek for the time being, and actually talk about how the, the you know, the benefits of Sam can um, align to their business aspirations. Then at that point,
1: yes, especially in this crazy world we live in now, right? Everybody's mm. risk averse, and everybody's worried about dollars and cents, and even uh, euros in some parts of the world like yours. Uh, so, what led you from that? Moment of truth to starting Sam Charter. So
0: um, by then, I'd um, I'd moved on, um, and I could see in the way the market was going that, um, particularly in the UK, that the the given answer to address Sam, to make it go away, was to install a Sam Suite, and that was it. Problem solved, and you know, move on to the next problem in IT. And clearly that wasn't the case because organizations were and still are to this day getting hammered and hammered very heavily on audits by software vendors. So um, I'd had um, as part of my education a really good grounding in business and systems analysis. And I have to sort of doff my cap in the direction of uh, the University of Plymouth in, in the UK for that. So um, thank you for the to the guys there for that. Um, and that just sparked the the notion of problem solving and it was taking that sort of business and systems analysis and applying it to SAM that made me think, right, there's a gap here. We can actually work the processes. There's, there's, there's loads of companies out there that um, have this scenario whereby six months down the line, the very SAM suite they've installed to resolve their SAM issues has now become the shelfware that they were looking to avoid in the first place. And they're talking now of disposing of that and getting another SAM suite in place because it's not giving them the answers that they want. And I thought, hang on, we've got to, sh- we've got to hold a mirror up to these guys' faces and say, it's not the tool, it's you. And, uh, and it's in the processes then at that point where you change behavior and to a harder degree, potentially steer culture as well.
1: I'm a process nerd as well. And it's, how do we get these standardized outcomes? Everybody's the people that issue a process, like, I just don't want any part of them. I'm like you have a process every day. How do you get out of bed and out the door? That's a process. Some people are left sock, right sock, left shoe, right shoe. We do the same thing every time. And all we're, all you're saying is when we treat software in that same manner, you know, here's how we stay compliant against what we're using versus our entitlements. Let's just do it in a methodical way that we can do it for all our vendors. Does that sound appropriate? Yeah, yeah, and just and yeah,
0: I mean, if you were to 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 stack up what you did for Microsoft versus IBM versus Oracle in the management of your of the of their software in your organization, there would be a, a thread or a kernel that runs through all three. Uh, There might be slight deviations on the outsides, depending on which vendor then you're talking about. And it's the idea is to capture that kernel and and make it a a skeleton of operation, if you wish, um, to um, to take forward. Because equally, if your company is one of those ones that is um, quite skittish and is prone to new ideas and following new innovations, um, um, then or, or growing rapidly. Then whatever sort of framework you have to have in place has to rely on scalability. And you only get that through through a degree of standardization. Yeah. And that's that's process. So yeah.
1: And if you can, for the process, take the big swath, right? And then mm. that the kernels that are different, let's treat those as one off. We need to bring in some expert on Oracle, that's fine. Mm. But that's on this, that's on the little piece but let's have a process that governs the big
0: piece, right? Oh, totally. And I, I tell you what, those experts as well, that when you bring them in, be them Oracle, IBM, whichever vendor, they will love you forever if you've, you're you in a position to say, here's our data, guys. Here's what you need to optimize that, that sort of compliance report or ELP that um, a vendor has potentially asked for or that we've internally requested because we would like to know. Uh, where we are with a given vendor.
1: All right, so Sam Charter, for those Mm. unaware, what is Sam Charter?
0: So we are an organization that will um, come to your front door and and address that that issue that I just mentioned. You've got a Sam suite, you feel you're not getting the answers, um, you feel perhaps there's a disconnect between IT operations and senior management, and we will take a top-down approach. We will find out those business and IT drivers and we will seek to align your operations to those um, IT and business goals that have been mentioned in, in the rarefied airs, in, in the ivory towers, so that you, you, you get a better message, you, you get a message, and you get it communicated to those who need to hear it. And and that's uh, one of the things I'm I'm really quite proud of is that we've we've taken the um, the processes that we've developed over time in a sort of a template fashion. And we've put them together in one large A1 PDF, so that if you wanted to get that sort of sixty thousand feet view of what good Sam looks like, bump, it's there, and it's it's actually one of our web pages as well. So you can you can see it for free, um, you know, and you don't have to pay anything. You can you can download it and hide a stain on the wall or something. Yeah,
1: nothing like nothing says "Please welcome to my abode" like Sam all over the walls. Let's just use it as wallpaper. And so. Uh, <laughs> You know, the one thing about this world, what's really interesting to me is, so at service management leadership, we only do the things we do well. And one of them is ITAM and ITIL process and business continuity, that sort of thing. But I really appreciate that you all are even more focused than that. Yeah, I I know there are some that are even more focused just on Oracle, but you know, our society, no matter what continent you live in, has gone from our parents' generation being generalists to our generation, people being specialists because we care about their expertise. Is that what you hope to bring with Sam Charter is, hey, we can help you in this one sliver of area that maybe there's not a lot of people that can help you do that well.
0: I obviously I'm biased and kind of say, yes, of course, Jeffrey. Yes, that's exactly what we bring to the table. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would like to think so. I've I've seen sort of, I, I tend not to get brought on site when processes are fine and they're working and they're great so I only tend to see the uh, the car crashes as it were you know the the absence of good process the absence of uh of documentation of thinking about KPIs uh thinking about automation and workflows as well um although the the market has started to catch up around that 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 area I would say um so so yeah when you start to again another one of the pages we have is what we call a document hierarchy and it it clearly spells out you know your item policy your operations plan your processes your process definition document um your standard operating procedure your kpis your racy values your communications plan um you know your systems requirements then at that point because that should all feed as well from a maturity assessment and from a um, you know, a requirements around what the processes should actually do. So if you are lucky enough to be in that Greenfield site, you don't necessarily have to think, right, the first thing I've got to do is get a SAM suite. Now, you can think, let's let's build a solution and then see what technology we need off the back to support that solution. Um, so that's just a, a top tip there for anybody who's, uh, who's plugged in. Um, but yeah, I don't see enough, um, I don't see nearly enough kpis around processes
1: i'm with you you. and i'm going to broaden that out for every it service management including asset management process rory mentioned you have policy you have process you have procedures you mentioned sops and then you have your your metrics your kpis your races your even let's take a step further the training so everybody knows their role in it Mm. so we have to so number one, what you're doing you have to have that flow because the policy has to tell everybody expectations process tells you how everything flows and the procedures say they i call those gps moments you are yeah. here you know when you yeah. go somewhere and it has a big star at least here in the us and it says you are here yeah. that's how i see uh you know those procedures here's what you do and you know walk down the road so your bio states Mm. I seek to stop clients investing in new SAM suites, meaning technology, by creating their non-existing frameworks. I think this is tied into what we were just talking about. Mm. You want to tie them together for us? Yeah, sure. So um, when I um, – I,
0: how can I put this? When when I uh, was lucky enough to um, be taken on with, uh, with Flexera, which was – like nearly two and a half, three years after I'd started in, in SAM. Um, we had a particular client at the time who uh, modeled in, in a modeling language called ARIS.
1: Mm-hmm. I know.
0: Business Process Modeling Notation Framework called ARIS. And the great thing about ARIS is that it gets you to document the steps, you know, rather like sort of traditional swim lanes do, but what it will also do for each and every step is it gets you to define what data goes in, what data comes out, which stakeholders are involved, but also which systems are actually used in the processes then at that point. And what we've done um, again at SAM Charter, and again, is free to download if you wish, is right. in our um, part of our process kit, we've offered the RACI chart for the recommended job roles um, to uh, to take on whether they're responsible, accountable, consulted or informed. But what we've also done is we've added what we call a U value for used, and we've documented which systems or applications we would recommend in a given function step when that's engaged with. So what that means is over time is that if you need to, and you need to swap out a given system, you can look along your RACI chart and see which processes are influenced by the the swapping out of that new system. So um, that's... That's really where I'd, I want to sort of um, highlight how we, we, we really bring home how we tie the technology to the, to the process.
1: So I'm gonna repackage it in a different way, okay? Shoot. When we bring in technology like a SAM suite or any kind mm-hmm. of optimization or automation, we're really optimizing, we're automating something we already have in stock or we already have in play. And so you're advocating, and I agree, let's have the process. Let's stand up what the expectations are. Let's stand that up and then map our technology to that. So we get better, faster outcomes for that same process.
0: And and what you'll find as well is if you, if you take that sort of process led view and you filter out through to um, then deciding what the technology is, you may not have to rely then on those golf course deals that take place at 27 levels of senior management above whereby um, somebody in the c-suite is is golfing with a a sort of a sales director of a of a given sam suite and says sure we'll we'll buy everything we'll take the whole the whole kitchen sink you know all the bells and whistles we'll pay for it and find out that you know potentially 30 40 percent of the product isn't actually required
1: right or you already have the capability somewhere else in house.
0: Exactly, exactly that. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's how, that's how those companies and BI tools are like the most notorious, because every every large organization has five to ten, maybe more, business intelligence tools. Where because some people like this, it's like ice cream. Some people like this flavor, and some people like this flavor, and you end up with all these. And mm. uh, you know, it's just one of those things. So to me, software licensing is striking the balancing balance between use what you're paying for and paying for what you use. Does that seem reasonable to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely, it does. And I think um, I think with the advent of the cloud as well, the way the way things are going, we've got to shall we say move away from uh, traditional on-prem thinking and on-prem logic and and step up and get quicker at what we're doing as well because the the billing cycle for um cloud software now is potentially per minute per hour now granted it's only you know a, a shaving of a of a cent or whatever it may be but it's it's not just one instance necessarily it could be thousands of instances and all of a sudden that's that's a running tap, that's a running financial tap that we've got to close down. So we're still back to the idea that we need processes in that world, but they need to be agile.
1: So I, I tell this story and I have to leave uh, the names off to protect the guilty. Jeff, and you're not, no fun. Not the innocent, but the guilty. But I know of a company, a firm, let's just call it a firm, that the security people would check diners club cards to see who of the business spun up cloud instances this month. So they're always a month behind and now they're playing catch up thinking, okay, what kind of risk did we, did we just inherit? Because these people, cause you know, it doesn't take more than a credit card to have a an AWS instance or a mm-hmm. Azure instance. It doesn't take anything. And so, anyway it's pretty interesting especially a salesperson comes on site and it's like hey we'll give you 90 days free you know so now the security people are 120 days back before they realize and so there's a lot of craziness especially we'll talk about hammond a little bit but security really cares the security folk really care about software asset management and hardware asset management because these are the new additions to the risk profile for the organization so in the U S so I think you all in the UK are more mature, a lot of ways in the ITIL world, but really more mature in the SAM world, because here in the U S we're still thinking, these are technology problems. Most of the people they hear SAM, they think of a technology suite. Let's not get into which one. And where I'm waiting for the pendulum to swing back to the conversations that you're talking about, of the, how do we get the process right so the tools do what we need because let's think about it this way if most if we only do the technology and not the process we can only get how far do you think 25 30 percent of the of the desired outcome we can't get all the way can we and so yeah that's that's a that's a, gr-
0: a great a great point actually because um, one of the things that we've we uh, have we offer on a, as a freebie on our on our website is a maturity assessment. It's a light a light assessment, so it's a finger in the air grading. Um, and we ask you twenty questions. And periodically, what we'll do is we'll gather up those anonymous responses. And um, as the tool has developed, the maturity assessment has developed. One of the things we asked was, uh, which tools do you have in place? And nobody was scoring more than I think forty three percent maturity if they just had one tool and some were down were barely making double figures you know with with one tool um and i think it just it go it it demonstrates state of the market but the the people or the person who was in the high 70s was the one who answered and said yes we've got this tool here and that tool there and a third tool and a fourth tool and they they obviously had not just the process ecosystem, but they had the technology ecosystem meshed and, and working together. And that's I think that's where you really need to be going. It's do not be looking for silver bullets. It's not gonna be one product does everything. It really won't be.
1: Right, especially because they're relying on the same, especially if it's an ITSM tool suite, they're relying on that same discovery for their CMDB. I told this story in one of the global uh, ITAM summit conversations and I, I tell this every time I get a chance just because it shows how much here in the U.S. we are tool-centric. Previous job, not saying who to protect the guilty, we would look at and it would say green and we'd look through these Adobe titles because you know Adobe has thousands of titles. It says green and it says okay you've purchased 16, you've used zero and it's green and I was like Where's the process that says let's validate these and take them off of our next uh our next renewal because why are we paying money for these and so that's a it's coming out as a tool deal but it's really a process conversation don't you think
0: oh totally and then it's one of those it's it's a step that we build into the request process um as as we have it modeled anyway is that you conduct a a license pool check so that when the request comes through, you're not rubber stamping requests and straight off to procurement to buy yet another title. Um, and there's particular issues around that with with the way certain vendors actually sell these licenses. So if you're requesting a, um, uh, a named user license for Oracle, they're sold in batches of 10 or 15. But if you're only requesting one, you don't want to be buying another f- – you know, nine or 14 on top of that one. You want to be dipping back in and saying, you know what, we've got some in reserve here that we can use.
1: Or let's just pull it from Joe or Sally who's not using theirs. Let's harvest it backwards, right?
0: Well, let's let's recycle it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I only say that because most of the software and corporate uh, capabilities, corporate laptops, a lot of it's not used. A lot of the people walking around with Visio or Project don't, don't deal in Visio and Project.
0: Yeah. And, and it's the, it's that thing too. Of, I, I like to refer to it as desktop envy. So, you know, one day Tom has been issued a, a copy of Vizio and it's Vizio professional. So it's, you know, it, it's up there in terms of cost of, of title. And then, you know, his buddy, John sees that he's got Visio Vizio professional. All of a sudden he's a professional. So he needs, you know, another sort of six or $700 worth of software on his device for no good reason as well. You know, I, standard nine times out of 10 will do the job. You don't, you don't need to be sort of going through the tiers. Yes. You know, unless, unless you are truly, you know, have defined that, that requirement.
1: Yeah. It comes down to personas to me. So I think of those as personas, like (laughs) let's put buckets or personas of, okay, if you meet this quality, these, you know, qualifications, these attributes, you get this, not Mm. anybody who, well, I'm a professional, so I get one no you're really a standard sorry joe you know what i mean
0: exactly
1: (laughs) so uh, it's one of those things that also that comes up around renewal time because here's one of my other beasts. catch me on a great day is that that these these itsm tool suites that give us SAM data they only give us snapshots so Mm -hmm. i I use this uh, illustration often imagine going to a movie you've never seen before and i take three or four snapshots pictures during the movie. And I say, tell me the outcome. You don't know it. And so because there's no trending, there's no usage, there's none of that. They just tell you at any point in time, here's how many you have. And so there has to be some process mechanism to say, let's do an audit and see how many we have at regular intervals to see how we're trending. Do you think that's fair or wise? It, it- there is something very pressing about you
0: mentioning uh, movies because I did see a tweet um, about somebody saying um, I watched Jaws for the first time backwards. It was a really nice movie movie about um, a shark giving back humans their legs. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I I, I, I can't think of, it, of anything more, you know, more appropriate. Absolutely. You need you need trend management because g- going back to that sort of um, software request. Um, point about recycling licenses from a um a service management perspective you might say this the, the kpi for a software request process would be um turnaround speed speed of delivery and nobody would would bitch or moan at that that's fair enough but from a sam point of view you want to be making sure that actually we're drawing licenses down from the license pool that would be a good sam indicator for a request process in my book um Now, if you set your expectation at, say, I don't know, an arbitrary figure of, I don't know, $10,000 a month, you know, you you need to view that data month on month. And there could be some months where it absolutely spikes and it, you know, it it shoots through the roof at 200,000 K. Yeah, 200 K, excuse me. Uh, And there could be other months where just absolutely nothing happens. And, And that could be part of a change freeze. You don't know what what would drive that but understanding that curve is the message that needs to go up to senior management potentially to say don't worry guys this month is awful but we are actually doing our jobs
1: yes and even <laughs> let's take that a step further you have new projects coming in that need something that's ancillary to that and so they're impacting your licensing by this project going forward you know you mentioned tco earlier that there's this trickle down for new projects that does that it does impact your SAM.
0: Mm, totally, and it's it's one of the things we refer to. We've got again a video on the website. It, it talks about the Bermuda Triangle of SAM, and it's that relationship between request procurement and and deployment or change management, and how if they're not in sync and talking to each other, you set yourself up for the perfect storm of a software vendor audit, and the classic scenario whereby that gets raided on a regular basis. It's not business as usual, Sam. It is, as you say, the projects that just happen sort of out here that IT or Sam are blissfully unaware of. And the first thing they know about it is when potentially they conduct an inventory sweep and it's like, ta-da, you know, new IT system. What the hell happened there?
1: Exactly, and to take that even a further step, once you get on the radar of not having your house in order by the software vendors, you might as well just have them scheduled and get a hotel for them because they're going to be there often. And, uh, cause you know, you either prove yourself to be tidy and you won't see them very much, or you, 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 prove yourself, Hey, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we have. You are just chum for the sharks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the shark analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And those, those big four sharks as well, that, that seem to be sort of, you know, swimming around, Um, One thing to watch out for there as as well, of course, because I I feel like we're harping back to the old uh, or or to the former uh, presentation, but around audit and audit management is if you don't want to deal with those um, audit companies, you're well within your rights to say to the vendor, no, I want you to, to recommend somebody else. Because what you don't want to have happen is that they come in under the pretense of, oh, we're here for Microsoft. And then six months later, oh, we're here for Oracle, oh, we're here for IBM, oh, we're here for SAP, um, because, you know, they're just, you know, gaming the system. They're, they're just draining you, you know, and you, you're you on a revolving door audit scenario.
1: Yeah, I ended up uh, telling one software vendor to get the people out because they lied to me. They were like, oh, this is just between you and us. We won't share it with the the audit companies. It's just between us. We won't share this information with software vendor, and then they did, and I was like, get them out. We're, you know, I, let's just have this conversation, you and us. We already know the numbers, let's just talk. Because, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot more behind that curtain than people realize. And like you said, we discussed a little bit at the previous couple of weeks. Now let's talk some fun conversations, Rory. What is the, oh fun, what is the most interesting, or you can pick more than one, client situations you were involved in that you can share right you know yeah i don't i don't need any lawyers to bang <laughs> down the door i might have to call pam from the previous conversation for help but what are some of the interesting client situations you can share
0: okay so um I've, i i have two uh, one really good and one really bad so we'll go with the, the good news first. And this was a, a particular um, organization here in the, the northwest of England. And they had um, in the region of about 5,000 devices. So, a, you know, a, a going concern, shall we say. You know, there's a, there's a more than reasonable IT estate. Certainly over here it is anyway. Um, and they had, um, uh, am I right to mention a certain SoundSuite provider? Or would yeah, you prefer you I just kept-
1: Whatever you want.
0: All right. So they, they had Snow Software in and they were in that particular situation where they felt they'd taken the, the product as far as they could. They felt they weren't getting the data that, that, that they wanted, because that's what I always find is that um, uh, Sam Suites are wishing wells. Um, so through a partner, they recommended um, that I come in and I, I do a small piece of work for them around process. So we did that we did we, it was a forty five day engagement. They got a policy document, an operation plan, fifteen processes, a racy chart, and their own ecosystem, a customized ecosystem demonstrating how the the data links the processes um, and i'm I 'm always highly conscious that I do all this work, and um, it just ends up being a sort of a dusty ring binder on a shelf
1: right
0: so I went back. Um, On another matter about 15 months later, just to sort of catch up with the person concerned who got me in to do the work and I, I said, you know, was, were those processes any good did you did you use them at all. And uh, she replied Oh yes she said yes she said armed with the process maps and the RACI charts we were able to demonstrate what work was not being done by the rest of the IT department so. In return for that, as well as being given uh, or already having had IT procurement, that person was placed in charge of software request. Um, what else? Uh, software release, which for a SAM person is unheard of,
1: right?
0: Um, was given config because they they had a CMDB that was just festering, um, got promoted and was about to get promoted again. So, As you can imagine, the inner cartwheels were absolutely amazing. I was just like, wow. And that's just off a sort of a 45 day design engagement.
1: Um, We've got a lot done in that 45 days, just to walk in cold. I I mean, you know, to walk in cold, get policy, you know, it takes a day or two to understand the lay of the land, you know, who the stakeholders are, what buttons do they have that should or should not be pushed and, you know, work your way down to the processes. Forty-five well, days. I compliment
0: you, sir. Well, thank you. I mean, one of the things that um, helps me, shall we say, be fleet of foot around that is is the maturity assessment that we have. Um, it's it's fully automated. If I was if I was doing it manually, it probably would have taken me two or three weeks, bouncing around an office, um, asking everybody the right question. Oh, no, I can't tell you that. You need to go see John. You need to go see Mary, Fred, and you know, before you know it, it's. Um, we, uh, as we used to say in in, in the Royal Navy, it, it turns into a dockyard runaround. Yes. Um, so, again, if we didn't know the answer, we could just email the question out. It was it was very very nice, but one of the things we do in that maturity assessment is to capture the IT and business goals. So from there, we can form a policy, and it yeah it, it's that's why we can be as quick as we can be. Um, the the bad story then the war story, as it were. Um, again, it was in a different part of the world. So I was, I was out in um, the Middle East and we were attempting to put some sort of a framework in place and we were discussing, as you highlighted, um, around hardware asset management. And um, these two guys in the IT team were really quite excited about what they were doing because they were able to demonstrate when hardware support and maintenance ended how instead of um, renewing that hardware support and maintenance, they were able to virtualize the server instead and save a load of money. And so I said to them at that point, right, so who's actually checking that the software that you are virtualizing can be virtualized? Oh, that's the system owners. All right, okay, okay. Which the system owners weren't doing anything. Right. uh, um, Sam related, I should say, nothing Sam related. So you, you knew nothing was happening. And so I said, how many of these have you done? Oh, well, we've done 125 of these non-essential servers and we've another 75 in the pipeline. Right. So I I went and saw the head of Sam and I said, you've got a problem. And I recounted this story to them. And I said, you're setting yourself up for a perfect storm here. And he said, Rory, don't give me problems. And just walked away. (laughs) Right, sure. Yeah, I'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's yeah. Th- th- there's only so much. There's a, as a consultant, there is only so much you can do, and if the will isn't there to fix anything, and um, attempt to automate everything, and this this leads to, you know, good processes being turned into workflows, being turned into RPA. If it's if it's terrible to begin with, it will be automated and terrible at the end.
1: Very much, and. Uh... At one of my stops, I'm not gonna mention who, You know, we want to protect the guilty. Uh, The decommissioning process for HAM, hardware assets, the person who owned that from the engineering architecture side said, we'll automate what we can and what we can't, we'll just claim as non-essential. And so, (laughs) so all the finance sign-offs that cannot be automated, the security sign-offs that cannot be automated, You know, because those are just workflows and tasks. somebody has got to say, yep, yep, I'm good, I'm good. Let's just just call those non-essential because now I can claim that I've automated this whole thing. And so that's why I I always think of process. It's garbage in, garbage out. And we Mm. have to figure out if we're worried and we're focused and we're not happy with our outcomes, Instead of worrying about the outcomes, let's worry about the process that gave us those outcomes so we can improve our process and get better outcomes. Does that seem fairly reasonable to you, Rory?
0: I, I think so, yeah. I, I think back to um, – <clears throat> uh, I, had, I had a uh, – when I was back in, at uni, back at University of Plymouth, actually, one of the modules was around operations management, and there was a, a lecturer who was um, – recounting this story about a particular organization that used to build um, automated doors in hospitals and and the like. And they were having this particular problem whereby um, the doors didn't seem to be closing quicker, quick enough. And um, people were getting trapped in the doors, but that was incidental. So what they did is they basically increased the power of the motors and, and gave no regard to the elderly people who needed more time to go through the doors when the lasers tripped to say the door needed to open. No, you've got three seconds. If you're not through, these things are, you know, they're like fire doors. They're shutting. And uh, yeah, yeah. and But but they were happy because they had the stats to prove all our doors shut within three seconds. You know,
1: they increased the demand at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, so that thing about sort of aligning to KPIs and, and trusting solely in the data, if there's not a backstory to it to understand what good actually looks like, then at that point, um, my, one of my favorite expressions, I believe was from Churchill, is there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Or like the one that the, the stats don't lie, just the people that use them. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites, but you know, that's a different story. All right, we had, you mentioned Flexera a, minute, a few minutes ago. We had Jim yes, yes. Ryan, CEO of Flexera on several weeks ago. Great interview, encourage everybody to go back and listen. He talked about the convergence of SAM and cloud management. And we see it like people are moving from on-prem to the SaaS. Mm. Or let's try and push their people, Microsoft Office, o 365, all that kind of thing. Are you, how are you accounting for it at Sam Charter and in your process? Because there is a little bit of difference because whether you think of it as a CapEx and an OpEx or you think of it as different types of contracts, how are you accounting for that difference? So, um, yeah, I, I,
0: I should say too, I saw um, Jim, Jim Ryan's interview and, and when you're speaking to him next, please, can you um, ask him if I can have a pint of his blood? Because he he hasn't changed since I was there. He's, he's just like perpetually the same looking dude as he, as he was when I was there in 2011 or wherever.
1: High energy, too. High oh. energy. I mean, like, I'm usually the highest energy person in any room. He blows me way away. And I was just like, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> and I appreciate. We enjoy being around people that are high energy.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, he must have some some portrait in the attic. That's all I will say. <laughs> but, uh Good luck to him. Good luck to him. Um, but yeah, around cloud, so certainly reporting is going to change. Like you said, that 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 accounting change from capex, which is typically where IT spend is recorded, to opex, because it's it's a utility now. It's it's like light or it's like heat. So that needs um, factoring into any sort of reporting mechanism that is is built into um, an ecosystem. Again, that idea that we've got to be more agile around the processes is um, certainly around things like joiners, movers, leavers. So when people join, they change jobs and they change IT profile or persona, as you use the term, or they leave the company, we need, we need to be laser sharp on standing those services up and we need to be laser sharp on standing them down as well or modifying them. Um, things around dev and test as well, which is typically in Sam is treated as some sort of black hole. We don't go near it because we don't want to get in the way of the creatives. Um, Great tip from Pierce McDonald, actually, who was on the previous um, podcast was that if you've got non-essential dev instances that don't need to be stood up um, over the weekend, Friday, five o'clock automatically they're shut down and they're not stood up again until they're manually stood up by the people doing the developing. Because, you know, how many times have we seen those instances just, oh, we'll leave it there, we'll leave it there, we'll leave it there, you know, and it, you're burning money again. Um, I, think, I think where it's going to get interesting, um, there was an organization now that's starting to, to play to this particular USP or this, this use case is that idea where you've been on um, Azure for three years or you've been on AWS for three years. And now you've got to do a sort of a comparison a like for like, and to see, you know, can, can we account for the switching costs and can we save money? And it was, um, it was Ian Camino, I think of Cloud Optics uh, and Harmeet, his business partner who, who set up that organization. They're now, I believe part of Livingston. Um, and, and that was their premise that they had the licensing expertise to guide organizations on, on doing that kind of activity if they wanted to make a, a switch. Uh, of users, um, or providers, I should say. So um, I think I think the buzzword or the the key phrase is really do SAM, but do it better. You need to be doing it better and and more agile for uh, for cloud.
1: And so there's three things I heard you say, and let me repeat them back, and let me and tell me if I'm get it right or not. So number one is with SAM and in on-prem, we worry about it annually or true ups or renewals. But with cloud, now we have to worry about it daily or by the minute or you know our iterations have shrunk. Second of all, the ability to compare different cloud uh, providers is a huge capability for some organizations internally. I even think about somebody throwing together a spreadsheet that says, If, you know, and you fill in the variables and it says, you know, this type of instance, I need this much capacity, this many resources. Okay, you go to Azure or, you know, because you go to AWS, but what's happened is all of those uh, cloud provider salespeople are like, oh no, we'll give you a great deal, Mr. C-level, Mrs. c C-level, just use us predominantly. And so that's always in the way. And lastly, for the software and cloud convergence is... It's moving, and you either have to be in front of it and move with it, or you're going to soon be left behind.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, because it's 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 only going to get bigger. Uh, you know, our, our on-prem capability is is going to shrink further. I I'll always think there'll be a, a core or a nugget of it somewhere bouncing around, but, um, yeah, cloud, cloud is definitely here to stay, isn't it? I don't think that's... Uh, I'm not mystic Meg in predicting that.
1: Yeah, we don't have to be like, oh, I really called that one. Uh, in the U.S., <laughs> I have a buddy who said, the football doesn't spike itself. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of those sayings on that. So let's switch to him as we start ramping down. Mm-hmm. Hardware asset management, I think, as everybody's focused on software, maybe not as many as they should be, uh, hardware kind of gets forgotten. What's the If you're trying to encourage somebody to think, yeah, I know your, your company is Sam Charter and not Ham Charter, Mm-hmm. But if you were trying to convince people, hey, you need to take a closer look at him, what would you say to him?
0: So there's a couple of use cases that, that, that come to the fore. Um, firstly, um, and I know you're a, an advocate of this, around information security and access. So um, absolutely, um, that, that needs controlling in some way, shape, or form. And you can say it's SAM or you can say it's HAM. I don't care, it's a process it needs doing. It needs managing in some way, shape, or form. Um, definitely, again, we're back to that joiners, movers, leavers thing. You need you need to be recovering those assets as much from a sustainability point of view as anything else. So, if we are trying to be green and recycle and reuse, you know, our laptops, our tablets, uh, even our mobile phones, if that's sort of in your scope, then um, absolutely we need to be re- retrieving those items. I've been in too many organisations that because IT assets, hardware assets are, are treated as capex, and therefore they're they're almost written off after a set period of time. That when people leave organisations, they view their IT equipment as pseudo leaving presents, and that that kind of has to go out the way. That has to 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 sort of be be trodden on, um, in respect of on-prem as well. So if we are disposing of physical devices, the one of the best practices you can always um rely on i think for sam and for ham always shrink your scope because the less you have to manage the less you have to do and it's not it's not from a point of view of being lazy but rather it's you, you there will always be more to do than you will have the hands or the time for so if if you can do that you can get it better under control so that when we dispose of items we you know we we take those destruction certificates and we feed them back into our systems so that we can free up the software that was on them. Because I, I, I still suspect this is going on in a, in a great deal of many organizations is that they, the hardware hits end of life, they dispose of the hardware, they order new hardware and then they think, oh, and by the way, we better order new software. And they've literally thrown the licenses yeah. away.
1: Yes. Um, so there's, there's two things that I heard you say. One of them is, keep prioritizing. And I say the same in CMBB because the more you have in scope, the more it costs you, the more resources it takes. So on SAM, let's just worry about the big software vendors, you know, the ones that could be expensive. Also, I know, you know, I don't have as much gray hair. I'm thankful to have some here. But I started in the ham world in 1994. Wow. wow. And so I've seen the, the iteration from that was back when hardware assets were worth a mint, And so everybody cared because of the refreshment. So now we have to care because of our risk and our data that's on it. And lastly, you mentioned the, the joiners and the levers. Mm. There's There are many use cases and studies out there, and I'm saying this to the audience, this is common for Rory. Rory probably has better data than I do on this. But many organizations can say five figures, 10,000 to 99,000, just by adjusting at the end of every year their uh, their usage numbers on getting rid of the people that have left the company, it's mm. amazing because when you do the the total amount of software divided by headcount, there's a lot per person. And so when you take those people that have left and pull them off the books, it's way more than most people realize. And and
0: to to that point as well. Uh it is that thing of access control as well. If you still have a device and nobody has taken you down off of, um, you know, whatever permissions you need to access the IT estate, it's the data it gives you the back door to. And if you're in sales and you've moved to a competitor, I mean, that's the that's the obvious example, but it does happen. It does happen. And that's why you've got these non-compete clauses weaved into um, people's employment contracts um, is, is the potential protection of, the livelihood of the business, but if if you're not backing that up with what you're doing in IT, you've already
1: lost. Right, and there has to be some synergy there. Mm-hmm. So COVID is like the five-letter word. We've got, we've moved from four-letter words to five-letter words, COVID. How's that changed the same climate that you've seen from Sam Charter and your pulse on the, the uh, arena? So it it was quite surreal because we
0: we um kicked down our um our lockdown in the UK in March. And so we went home then at that point and worked from home. And I was on a particular engagement for a, a certain public sector organization. Um quite and and a very healthily sized organization at that. So I was quite concerned as to how they were going to um roll out comms and tech in that respect um, but they did a great job they did a great job they manned up and they got stuck in and we had um, I, I I hate those calls where the line crackles or the gaps no nobody likes those calls um, but we very rarely had them the the network guys absolutely rolled you know pulled their sleeves up and uh, uh, and did the beers um, So that finished in June for me, uh, and I thought, well, that's it, COVID now, I'm going to be prospecting, I'm going to be spending too much of my time on LinkedIn like I do anyway, looking for the next gig. And within a week, another gig appeared. And I think, personally speaking, I'm finding that a lot of people are viewing ITAM and SAM as something we can do now, because we're not on those breakneck speed projects and and initiatives that we would have been pre-COVID. So, what can we do that um, helps the organisations that, that we work for um, that doesn't require us to be so bleeding edge and and reliant on the old ways that we used to do uh, live our lives pre-COVID? So, um, it's been it's been really really okay actually in the greater scheme of things i i'm i'm very very fortunate so uh um yeah I'm, i i pinched myself because two years prior to that we we had all this nonsense with brexit Yes. and it and it nearly wiped us out because people were vacillating they didn't know what way to take the business what they were doing uh, and salmon i tam that's it we're definitely not going anywhere near that so uh uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was scarier than COVID for me.
1: Uh, so the two things also, I I really think is when when these large companies are shedding headcounts, like we see in the news in every country across the world, this is a great opportunity to get your ITM and SAM house in order, right? Because you, all right, so now we instead of needing twenty thousand laptops, we only need fourteen six, making up numbers, so. These 5,400 laptops, yes, there's hardware and we can worry about the disposal and making money on that, but that's a lot of licenses as well that we need to make sure are included and accounted for and that we have a plan for. Have you yeah. seen that very much? So um, there have been one
0: or two more inquiries. One thing that we're quite lucky for in here in Europe and, and the UK is that we can resell licenses. So... What we can do is actually um turn that um that capex we can turn that that sort of five thousand four hundred office licenses antivirus licenses you know o s um up, updates you know back into money and and the associated cows that go with it as well we we can resell those on now we're not going to get you know a ninety percent markup you know we'll we'll possibly get twenty or thirty percent but it's 20 or 30% more than we would have got had we just sat there and done nothing with them. So um, I've had one or two inquiries around, around selling licenses. Um, I'm surprised I haven't had more.
1: So even the reselling that those at a quarter on the dollar Mm. or euro, you're also saving that year over year maintenance cost as well, or, you know, and you also have an opportunity to downsize your, your ongoing contracts. And so I, I just think that big picture, long-term, this is a huge opportunity for organizations to save money outside of cutting That's my soapbox.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think too, it does, if, if you do have that sort of elbow room to actually do in anything in, in organization and IT um, is to, it's to almost like refresh or revitalise your CMDB. What IT assets are forming your technology stacks? Um, if I if I was any sort of CIO and I had somebody, you know, with spare time on the hand, saying, Yeah, no, well, I'd, I'd normally be doing this pre-COVID, but nothing's going on. Right, let's let's tidy up that data. Let's get our CMDB house in order. I I want to know what assets are contributing to, to our technology stacks.
1: And then prioritize, right? Let's let's worry about the ones that that are primary services, and let's worry about those stacks, and less mm. about these ones that are the ancillary. Because some IT guy wants to be able to play uh, uh, some system so the light turns blue or green, depending on the weather outside, or something, right? And, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this this plays too to the wider um, alarm bell that that COVID rang is. What's, what's going on with your business continuity management as well? So if those IT services are mission critical or business critical or very important and something, you know, you, you go to another lockdown or we go to another scenario where we need to refine or limit the service, what are our plans to do that?
1: Yep. And that's why I think just because we play in service management business continuity world, I think that there's a natural Uh, relationship between them because we Mm. care about what services we're providing and Sam underpins that with okay what are the licenses for those services but then business continuity comes along and says how do we keep these continuous how do we keep these running in the case of an event you know in the U.S. it may be a tornado or a hurricane yeah we've got crazy weather and uh, you know on top of COVID that's where it starts getting fun right now everybody's scattered away from the office, and now they lose their power, don't have internet, and now they can't work from home. And mm. so uh, it's, it's layered like an onion. I really appreciate this conversation, Rory, and I appreciate your time. I thank you for it once again. How can our audience get in contact with you? What do they need to know about Rory? Okay, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded question right there. Um... So my, my email address um, is, is a great way to get in touch. So rory.canavan at samcharter.com um, or the website samcharter.com. Um, and again, I don't think there's too many of me on LinkedIn either. So um I'm always open to offers um, unless you're selling insurance or double glazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. I, I'm, I'm all about LinkedIn. So please uh, please look me up. There's a black and white photo with me, um, hair matching Jeffrey's color there. So, um, I just, yeah, long, long overdue a refresh. You just
1: be a on the sides to knock the gray out. <laughs> so, I, so, I I
0: started getting my hair this short because the gray started coming through. So that's yeah. why, and you know, oh, yeah. that's why I keep it this short now to keep the gray out. And clearly, it's working.
1: It know? is. I think you've got a plan. And so, you know, I always I always try to have fun on these. And so, I have uh, two teenagers, and one of them I'm not going to say which. Said, hey, dad, you don't have a forehead, you have a five. And I said, well, thank you, darling. And so, uh, anyway, it's one of those things that we can't control it. We smile, we make the best of it. And, uh, you know, like you, I'm pretty recognizable on LinkedIn. And so, hopefully, I don't change too much so I don't have to update the profile picture.
0: You look like your photo, Jeffrey. That's that's In fairness to you, you do look like your photo. So you shouldn't have any trouble at all.
1: Thank you. I I wonder, you know, that day's coming though, right? You know, and you see it and you're like, you know, like what's popular now is the before and after. I don't want to always look like the after. You're you're in Jim Ryan's camp. That's where you are. I need to be. I need some, uh, I need whatever he's, whatever he's eating. I need more of that. Yeah. Don't we all? It's great having you samcharter.com those of you watching go visit it try the try the assessment out and even if it's just to give Rory some feedback let them know what uh, how it matches up to your your organization uh, I think those are awesome data points for you as well Rory just to see get a lay of the land see how organizations are doing so we thank everybody for viewing or listening to the podcast we thank Rory for being a part of this now uh, Two of the last three weeks and uh, hope everybody has a great week. Bye.
0: Thank you, everyone. Take care.
1: We'll be back with Jeffrey's Closing Thoughts. Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey and we're back with Closing Thoughts. We thank Rory for his time and coming back on the the show. He was as you heard before, part of our ITAM, Global ITAM Summit. So let's let's package some of this uh, uh, these topics up. First of all, when you're thinking of software asset management, IT asset management, one of the biggest keys to your success is finding resources, whether internal or external, that you can trust. Rory and his group have long history of success. We at service management leadership do as well, but find somebody that you can trust on the process side. The one thing you heard me hiccup there for just a second, because I want to make this point. The one thing that will determine your success in the software asset management world and IT asset management is the ability to have a process. It is not tool centric this whole topic is how do we do it repeatedly well? And so we can help you, Rory and his uh, crew can help you. And I just want to emphasize, find a partner, find internal staff that you trust to do an awesome job. And so, but that's the case on most of the IT service management, IT asset management topics is finding the right, skill set, the right personnel to augment what you have in-house so that you get incredible, incredible outcomes. This is Jeffrey T. Ferteller. We thank you for being on our podcast, viewing it. We thank you for listening to it, however you're consuming it. We thank you. And help us spread the word and get the word out. And if there's anything that service management leadership can do for your organization, reach out to me. I would love to have that initial conversation, just to understand your needs and how we can help. Hope you have a great, great day.